everybody. Welcome back, regular fans, or welcome to new listeners to Work at Life. Uh, I'm Maddie Grant, culture consultant at Propel, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Sonia Lucina, who is president of the Workforce Division at Question Pro and also an organizational psychologist. And we have the distinct pleasure today of also having Guille Santana, who is on our team at Question Pro um, and is the mastermind behind the scenes who helps us get this podcast out to you all. And so today, what we actually wanted to do is just have a little bit of an inside baseball conversation between the three of us, um, but just on a topic that we find really super interesting, and maybe it will help you you know, get to know us a little better through this conversation. So um, I'm excited to just have a lovely discussion. <laughs> um, Guille, do you want to say anything else about yourself since our listeners haven't met you before? Um, so my name is Guille Santana. I'm based in Merida, Mexico, which is a beautiful city like that it's like two hours from Cancun. Um, and I'm a marketing manager for Question Pro, specifically for our workforce products. And I'm also the producer for Work at Life, as Maddie, you already said. Um, it's great to be here. I'm always behind the curtain, like, yeah. <laughs> but it's great to be here. One thing you need to know about me is that I'm an introvert. I love to write, but I don't love to talk. So I'll be color commentary here and there, but I'm not like the greatest speaker out there. So, yeah. Well, <laughs> you're a phenomenal writer and you are a great speaker. So we can't wait to hear your insights. Um, but we will ask you in moderation, given that <clears throat> we just said you are an introvert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so our topic that for today is really around optimism. So I think you guys have heard us say many, many times in the year plus that we've been doing this podcast about how um, both Sonia and I are very optimistic people. We're very, um, we want, I mean, the whole purpose of this podcast is to find the places where organizations can be more human and the places where individuals um, can kind of push their organizations to, to, you know, help them be more fulfilled. And, you know, we have a very positive outlook on things, both of us. Um, and we were talking the other day and just sort of thinking about, you know, there, there is some talk about whether being optimistic is not necessarily a good thing? Like, does it stop you from seeing issues when they arise? You know, there's, there's all kinds of different kind of thoughts around that. And we thought, well, this could be a really good discussion to have on the podcast and to really dig into it. So we do have our usual um, data point. Um, so Sonia, do you want to talk about that a little bit? I will take it away, the data lover I am. So one of the things, as we were brainstorming what would be some interesting insights to bring to this podcast, we thought, well, you know, let's ask how many people, you know, how many people believe they're optimists. And what was interesting is when we first asked the question, it was, you know, framed in such a way, do you consider yourself an optimist or a pessimist? And so when it was in very absolute terms, 
we had something like 90% of people say they were optimists. And we thought, well, (laughs) (laughs) if if that many people were, you know, absolute optimists all the time, man, this, you know, world would probably be much more filled with rainbows and unicorns. But then we realized that it was probably a big part in how the question was asked because very few people, I mean, being a pessimist, just when you hear it sounds negative. It sounds like somebody like an Eeyore, right? That's always sad or like a little (laughs) cartoon character that has like a little cloud and, you know, rainy cloud over their head. And so we reframed the question and really asking, you know, wondering how many people when they're faced with a difficult situation how often do they wish that um, they could have a more optimistic outlook on the approach to it or the outcome? So not an absolute, how would you categorize yourself, but how often do you wish that you could look at a situation and, and be more optimistic about it? And what was really interesting in that case is that actually 38% of people said almost always almost always so in comparison to the original you know are you an optimist or a pessimist there are a lot of people saying that there's just a huge number of situations that they face that they wish they could see more of the brighter side to it um so 38 percent said almost always and then actually 28 percent of people said often and 23 people 23 percent of people said sometimes so only 11 percent of people said like almost never Um, I generally view difficult situations through an optimistic lens. So a very, very small minority was saying, I don't even feel like I have an opportunity to be more optimistic in different situations. And so that's, you know, when our next step of the discussion started, because one of the things that I I had shared with Maddie and Guille is I, you know, as Maddie was saying, like one of the first things that I'll tell you when you meet me, maybe with a big smile on my face is that I'm an optimist. I always look for the bright side. I'm always very hopeful. But what that did is in situations where we get really frustrated or initially wouldn't see like necessarily a way out or realistic or relatively easy way out, I would get really frustrated with myself because I would think, wait a minute, like this isn't my optimistic self. This isn't my hopeful self. What's happening And the reality is, is that it's not about being that in every situation. And Maddie, that was, you know, your point is that, is it just an absolute optimist that you're seeing the world, you know, and everything through a rosy lens? Or is it just that no matter how tough we are, no matter how resilient we work at being, that there are going to be things in life that are going to disappoint us and that there are going to be things in life that are going to make us sad. And sometimes it might take a little while for us to bounce back. And generally we might end up, you know, finding a way to see the situation more positively, but it's not about all, like we're all human, right? Like it's not yeah. about always being like, yeah, it'll be okay. We've got this, we've got this, let's go. But giving ourselves that, you know, every once in a while that it's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to feel like, wow, you know, this is a really big challenge. Can I really handle it? Um, and then think about what are the different, almost like coping mechanisms, like, oh, no, when, you know, optimists gone wrong. And like, what do I do now? <laughs> how do I like, how do I take a step back and, and you know, really view the situation in a, in a way that I'm used to seeing it? Yeah, Gia, are you an optimist or, or a, uh, I think it's realist is the, the opposite, not necessarily, <laughs> but like realist. Well, I consider myself an optimist, but I think that's because I'm a millennial. And (laughs) 
millennials, we, you know, we've got nothing else to lose. <laughs> and you can see that like in our consumer habits, like right now I'm wearing a thrifted uh, shirt and like the things that we enjoy doing, like how we spend our time. And yeah, I think that's uh, because millennials have like nothing else to lose and we know how the world out there looks like the political state of the world and the climate crisis and everything else. And I know that individual actions won't change everything. Like me buying a uh, vintage shirt won't change anything. Mm -hmm. um, but that's how we think because we still have so many years to live. <laughs> um, so there's, there's no, for me as a millennial that sees how, how the world is right now i feel like i'm an optimist yeah. <laughs> most yeah. of us are yeah. yeah that's i think that's probably a good way to look at it because it you know on another hand and so i think it, maybe it's a millennial thing but maybe it's a you thing too because another way you could look at it is like we've been through so much like how could you be optimistic and we've been you know dealt all of these like really big challenges and these tough situations like I'm just waiting for something else bad to happen. But yeah. in a way, like the way you're choosing to see it is, you know, you've lived through various different challenges that have impacted your life in a different kind of way, but you're okay. Like you're still like, you were, you've been able to make, you know, a, a good life for yourself and a happy life. And I think everything that you're saying, like with individual choices, like in some ways, that's the only way we'll change the world, right? If each one of us does the right thing. And I know, like for me, oh my gosh, like when I take, I'm not quite a millennial, but depending on, you know, like where the cutoff is, it could be like the more senior millennial, maybe according to some research. But I'll think like, I, I try to do the right stuff too. So every time, like I brush my teeth, I'm like, make sure to like turn off the water so you're not wasting water. And then every once in a while, I'll put like recycling, like in a garbage. And I'm like, you know, nobody's perfect. Like I'm trying to like individually do those kinds of things. But I think every, every little step, um, is like hugely additive. So where you're saying like, well, maybe just one single action by one single person won't change the world. Absolutely not. But if more people thought like you and said, you know what, even though this one single action won't change the world, but I'm still going to do the right thing, we're going to be in a great place, girlfriend. <laughs> like, we'll, yeah. we'll definitely be making an impact. Well, and it's funny because I, I don't know, Gia, if you know this, but I actually wrote a book uh, with my partner, Jamie, called When Millennials Take Over. And the the subtitle is um, The Ridiculously Optimistic Future of Business. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so and we're, we're talking about um, older millennials, so millennials in uh, management positions who are now probably um, close to 40 years old, so the, the upper and the generation, but um, the book is all about how they're um, this this half of the generation is really able to change things as they get into positions of power um, within organizations, um, and and as a generation, they do have this sense of the collective because of the internet. First of all, because you can now do things with you know hundreds thousands, millions of other people where even a little step can actually, you know, collectively do a lot. So it's just so interesting that you should say that. <laughs> I love it. 
I, however, am not a millennial. <laughs> not even close. So. It's all right. We can represent all different yeah. generations and we like, can make our own. <laughs> but yeah, for me, too, I definitely am um, very optimistic and enthusiastic. And I think what I bring to the table a lot in the work that I do around culture is a sense that um, that we can do amazing things together, right? Yeah. Um, and I I worry sometimes that it's that so it's always you know like rainbows and roses at the beginning of a project, but oftentimes things you know might take longer because I I do culture change right, so things might take longer to change than we hope at the beginning <laughs> and it might be two years later and we're still working on it, you know? So, mm -hmm. it, so there's definitely a sense of, um, I'd like, I don't want people to think that I'm enthusiastic without anything to back it up. Right. Yeah. Um, but luckily so far, you know, I do have a lot to back it up. Um, and I, and I realize through experience that culture change takes a long time to happen. Um, and there's lots of things you can do quickly, but they're small things, <laughs> you know, yeah. and the bigger things take longer, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, so I think I'm okay with that whole perception, but I also know that, you know, you need a mix of people. You need the people who are super, you know, data driven and, and very methodical and, you know, sort of engineering minded and you need to do the whole step by step and the, yeah the detail of everything just to make sure um, the people who are a little bit risk averse, maybe like, yeah. because I am not that I'm like, yeah. let's go. <laughs> you know? well, I, I, I love what you're saying. And I'm trying to think of like um, the recommendations that we were talking about for, you know, in our, like the original lens was how do you be more optimistic in situations? And, but it sounds like it, it's really about balance. And what you're describing is like, different people balancing the situations. And some of the things that we were doing research on is almost like, how can you effectively work towards balancing inside yourself? <laughs> like, so that it's not like another person. And like, what's interesting is maybe in the example that, um, you know, you're giving, it's like, well, you're too optimistic. It actually made me think of, I don't know if either one of you watched um, the series, This Is Us, but two of the characters, um, Oh, Guy, you have to watch it. It's phenomenal. Um, it. Maddie was nodding and Guy was like shaking her heads for, for yeah. those of you who are listening and you're not seeing us. And so there's two characters. They're a married couple, Randall and Beth. And they do this thing of like, what's the worst possible scenario? Like when something happens or they're worried about something, they're like, okay, let's run like through the worst, worst, worst possible scenarios. Like, okay, I'm going to go for this job. And we're going to, I'm not going to get it. And I'm going to start drinking and we're going to lose all our money and we're going to live in a trailer that it out. Like, then you realize like that's okay. That's probably never going to happen, but it's this visualization to take you to the worst place and then be able to pull you back. Um, so I think Maddie, that's like, you're to like, kind of like, if you're super optimistic, how do you get to be, you know, how do you balance that? Yeah. But then I know, and you both know this about me by now and man, is it not a good trait. Like if you need to suddenly talk to me about something, like somebody died, or if you're <laughs> on my team, you're leaving the team, or 
something caught on fire. Like my mind like spirals. And so I'm like, no. And like really like in my life, like I don't know if it's ever been that worst case scenario where my mind went to. So one of the recommendations is that, and like, again, like, oh my God, I'm like, I believe and I'm an, I'm an optimist and I can spiral like that. So one of the recommendations was when that happens to you, like proactively think of almost like what could be the best case scenario and then it'll even you out because that's like, that is one of my challenges for a lot of situations that I feel like I ease into, I can plan for, I have control. That's like my big thing is if I, I love to believe that I can control different things because then successes and failures are up to me. As soon as I feel like I can't, I get terrified because I don't like to leave mm -hmm. things to chance. And when, so when something comes in unexpectedly and I don't know what it is, I panic because it's out of my out of my area of control. So that was that was one of the recommendations that if you like me, um, that tends to happen. Like just put yourself like in a scenario of like, okay, but like, what could be the good things? Like, what could be the good outcome? And it doesn't have to be something as sudden as I'm describing. But if you're trying to pull yourself back and say, like, you know, 38% of people are saying, like, almost always something happens where they wish they could be more optimistic, like, do that scenario kind of role play in your mind, like, but what if this could maybe be something great, or if there's good news, and it'll probably help land you more in the middle towards like, well, more than likely the realistic scenario is going to be. Well, and I, I actually also think that it's all of our, I don't want to say job, but but we have a role to play in being the balancer. So whether you're more optimistic or more realist, um, you know, to say something if you have kind of an opposite thought. And the person I'm thinking of is actually my ex-husband, <laughs> Andy. He's and he will totally like he'll be fine with this description of him, but he's definitely a pessimist. He's definitely he walks around with this like rain cloud over his head a lot, um, which is partly why we didn't really get along. <laughs> Eventually. I could, I would imagine. No, like, like, this is amazing. This is terrible. This is amazing. This is terrible. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, if we were going out, like the first thing he would say is, oh, it's going to be really hard to park. And I'm like, forget the parking. We're going to go out and have a good time. <laughs> you know, and it was just, and his nickname was Grumpy in college, which is where we met. Oh, yeah. no. He <laughs> yes, he was grumpy. It was so funny. But the whole time we were together quite a long time. And, uh, and I would just try and not get annoyed, but say, you know, <laughs> you could also think of it this way. That's like slightly yeah. more happy. <laughs> yeah. um, and, but I think, I think we can it's easy for if you're with a bunch of people who are all um, kind of seeing the dark, the downsides, um, it's easy to just fall into that. Oh, we'll never be yeah. able to do this. This is too hard. It's it'll take too long. You know, all the excuses um, because we've human beings feed off of each other. Right. Yeah. So if you can in that moment think, well, actually, I think we can do this, you know, Yes, it'll take a long time, but we'll just, you know, how do you eat an elephant? Like one bite at a yeah. time. <laughs> so try and like be that that other perspective. And yeah. same the other way around. If everybody's like, oh, yeah, it's going to be amazing. And then you can be like, well, have you, you know, let's make sure we've thought of these yeah. six things that might derail us so that we're prepared, you know. Yeah. In that case. Well, and. And it's interesting because there's probably so many like um, nuances between like maybe optimism and being like just somewhat delusional. 
Like, right. I want to see things the Bray way, but the chances of this happening are slim to not. <laughs> it's like, it's almost like being like, um, realistically optimistic or maybe like you know yeah. you're expecting magic i don't know um another thing that i know we were talking about and reading about that i, I really liked and thinking like in shaping your mindset and i think now is probably maybe a really good time for people to, to do this exercise too is to think about like the best self or like the person you want to be and the relationships you want to have in your life and the relationships you want to have in your family and visualizing that. And so I know, Guille, you might know about more about this because I think it's for the younger, it's more hip with the younger generations, but um, doing journaling and writing things down. Like to me, yeah. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, like I feel like my therapist has told me that like when we first started talking and I was like, you want me to do a what with a who? <laughs> like, I take notes in like business meetings and I totally get the value of it. Um, but it just never became a habit for me. Well, habit, I, I didn't even try once. But what she was telling me, um, and I, I fully believe this, is that when you start to write things down, you realize, like it crystallizes your thought and you realize things you know and you realize things that you don't know. And so when it comes to optimism, like this idea of like writing down things about like your best possible self, like makes it more like, like, you can picture it more and it makes it starts to make it feel like more real and more possible when you're doing that. Um, so again, I think even, you know, for the people who are doing journaling to add that as a part of it, I think it's a, it's brilliant. And for me, I'm always looking for different ways to put in good habits into my life. So far as I've, you know, mentioned sometimes before, I've only been able to enter yoga in the mornings, but I'm holding on to that as a good thing. <laughs> Maybe if I wake up a little earlier, I could do a little journaling or if I, if I take a little bit less time getting ready in the morning. But to me, that just seemed like a really interesting exercise. And it said if you do it once a week over time, it'll start to help you have a more optimistic outlook on yourself and then also on situations that, you know, you would like to happen. So interesting. Yeah, I'm, tricks and I'm tips. amazed at the whole. So just rewind a, a minute. So I had this a bit of an aha moment thinking about this the other day because, and it's to do with this idea of visualization. And as you know, I'm a little woo woo. So, um, you know, visualizing like the future that you want is like, yeah. I mean, it's like you're journaling, right? Yeah. That I've tried to do, like I'll picture myself, you know, on a beach with a cocktail and celebrating, you know, a huge win of some oh. kind. And, <laughs> my family around me and, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Um, but I had this aha moment and tell me if you think this is stupid, but I was thinking maybe this podcast is actually a little bit of a visualization exercise for the workplace that mm. we want, right? So if each yeah. podcast has, you know, a, a tidbit, um, some advice or like a little piece of a perspective around like a more human workplace, mm. you know, more fulfilling workplace. Like maybe really what we're trying to do overall is visualize what that could be so yeah. that we can all kind of get to it. Right. Cause we can kind of see it in the hopefully not too distant future. <laughs> yeah. Right? So I, it, it might be dumb, but I kind of, no, 
Oh, oh my God, of course not. And I, I think you're right. And I think that's a really great way to look at it because sometimes I think the things we talk about are things that are, you know, our guests or organizations are already doing, but a lot of times it is more aspirational. And I think that's okay because I think if we talked about mostly around like what our company is getting right today, you don't challenge yourself to think about the next thing. And you think about all these like big organizations that have, you know, changed. Like I always like I've, I've given this example a million times, but like Apple and what they've done with like their mobile devices. And like when I was younger and the first camera came out on an iPhone, I was like, why would you need a camera on a phone? That's ridiculous. Well, <laughs> look at that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that was in some ways like them, like, you know, thinking about the future, thinking about that change. And so I love that because I think that it's if we at least view this podcast in that way, it's really energizing for the purpose of it. And it's really energizing for why we spend time doing this, because like you said, every time we introduce ourselves, all three of us, you know, have day jobs. (laughs) (laughs) We're not we're not podcasters and producers, you know, full time. And so in doing this, we're doing it because we do have this like big hope and dream and have visualized some ways that the future work can be much better or more fulfilling or different in some ways. So I love that, Maddie. I never thought of it that way, but now it like, (laughs) yes. I'm glad you like that. It just seemed like a real sort of aha moment when I thought that the other day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I gotta say like uh, being backstage, and listening to the podcast all the time, it definitely has given me some tools for my personal and my work life. And I think, Sania, you have noticed that, or I, I maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, even like our last episode with Dr. Kandas, getting your career in shape where you're a woman, you have all these things going on around you. I feel like they've been helping me, like, in my yeah. life. <laughs> I took lots of notes in that podcast. And I was yes. being we manifested <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was well, a No, that's brilliant. And that's like, thank you for sharing that, Gia, because I think that's the one really challenging thing in the digital world is like when you are in person with somebody and you're having a conversation and you say something that makes sense to them or doesn't, you can look at their face and you can look at their body language and you can pivot and you can understand like, wow, I'm really onto something here or like, ooh, I really said something stupid there. And for us that are doing this on an ongoing basis, it's we send it to the world and we hope that it's like, you know, magic fairy dust, but we don't know. (laughs) We don't know what people on the other end, like, is it, is it practical? Is it useful? So hearing that it, it is always really encouraging because that's only, again, like the the optimism that why do we do what we do is because we do want to make the world a better place and we want to do it in very practical terms. I think some of it like theorizing and dreaming of a better, bigger future is one of it. But if at least every once in a while somebody can walk away with something where they feel like, wow, this is really useful. I mean, that is so important. Yeah, well, and it goes right back to Gia's thought about, you know, the little, the little steps, right, that even individual people can take. And then hopefully over time with a lot of people, we can actually make some change, you know? Yes, yes. It's the opposite of, I often say when, when um, we have tough situations, like death by a million paper cuts, but this is the opposite. 
Yeah. This is like victory by a million. I don't know, like good deeds. Like it's like you kind of like add it all, add it all, and things don't seem like they're that significant. But in the end, they create something really big and beautiful. And and maybe you don't see it until you back up or like an, until enough events happen to accumulate. But it's so important. Well, that seems like a really awesome way to close out our show. Since as usual, <laughs> we've pretty much hit the time. So, Gia, are you ready to to close us out? Yeah. This time from in front of the scenes. It was so wonderful yes. to have you on. We'll definitely have to have you yeah. back now. <laughs> definitely. And for our listeners, Gia is always behind the scenes. So you never She's know. She's the one making the magic happen. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you for inviting me, ladies. So. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you on. Yep. Right. Take care, everybody. Thank you for Bye. listening. See you again next time. Bye. Bye.